Hey everyone, this is Charlie Epstein, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, Killing Retirement. And I'm very, very excited. This is actually our first podcast on this topic, Killing Retirement. And what we're up to here, this is a show that's going to break down the myths around money and show you the path to how to create a paycheck for life that will support the things that you desire to do in your life as opposed to maybe what you have been doing. So I've found in my 35 years in the financial services industry, and here is your host, that our industry, the financial services industry, is been focused on getting people to retirement. And when I looked up the definition of Webster's definition of retirement, it means to put out of use. And many, many years ago, I thought, well, that's interesting. We're spending billions and billions of dollars trying to put everybody out of use. I don't really think that's what people are up to. I think people uh, would rather be doing what they desire to do. And in my first book, Paychecks for Life, I actually registered and trademarked the conversation in our planning process called Desirement Planning. And that is how do you create enough money to support you in doing the things you desire to do in your life? So here at Killing Retirement, we're all about creating a life for you that you're passionate about, that you love to do, and helping you rethink how you look at money, what your myths of money are, and how you design the life of your dreams. And as part of this podcast, I'm really excited about being able to have the opportunity to reach out and interview really industry thought leaders, people that are thinking about this topic, but not only thinking about it, designing systems and processes where you can actually kill this old notion of retirement and design the life that you want to lead. So today on the show, I've got a kindred financial planning spirit with me. Roger Whitney is the retirement answer man, and he also believes that you can create life, a great life that balances living well and living well tomorrow by having the right conversations about your money. Over the past 24 years, Roger has worked directly with his clients on this journey, shares his wisdom on his blog at rogerwhitney.com. And I'm so excited today that he's here to share graciously his wisdom with us. Roger, welcome. Can you hear me? Charlie, I'm uh, excited to be here. I'm, I'm a little intimidated that this is the first episode we got, we're going to deliver here. Yeah, well, there's nothing like being put on the hot seat, wouldn't you say? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I knew immediately because we're kindred spirits and you've been in this business for quite some time that uh, you're up to the task. You're up to the task. So I'm, I'm really curious, and I know our listeners will be, to hear a little bit about your story, how you got to where you are, how you became the retirement answer man. Why don't you give us a little background, uh, how you got where you, you are today? You bet. I, I rose in the industry like most in, uh, in you know registered reps. I came in as a normal broker and you know started in 1990. So I got to you know experience the great tech bubble and made a lot of money early trading technology stocks, thinking that I was very smart and realizing as life went on that I was not, and that that doesn't add value and that's what not what life is about. And as I started to find my core competency, I basically blew up my entire business in the late 90s and started the journey to becoming and honing my skills as a financial planner and realizing as I walked this journey of 
planning quote unquote retirement with people that the industry standard practices, the best practices of the industry are still really fighting last generation's issues with retirement. And most people would get to retirement, meaning my clients, and they're like, hey man, I'm still engaged, I'm educated, I wanna be, I wanna still be involved in the world. I'm not ready to just simply play golf. And most of them were doing something, whether it was work or charity or, or anything else, and started to realize that this whole idea of retirement really doesn't resonate with people anymore and we got to figure out what that is. So that's what I noodle on on my podcast. So a couple of things that really struck me as you were talking. One is you said you blew up your business. Um, speak a little bit more Not about that. Not literally in terms of lost everybody money. I didn't mean it that way. No, 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 no. I, 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 <laughs> no, I know what you meant. I'm sure our listeners do that you, that you, you look at the way you were trained in this industry and the things that you were doing and said, you know what, that's not serving me and it's not serving the people that I want to work with best. I'm thinking that's what that was. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah exactly that, Charlie. And the problem with our industries, well, it's, it's just in a transitionary stage. And I don't know if you'd agree with me or not, but when I grew up and I went to the training of, at the time, the largest private bank in the world, to be trained as a financial advisor, and all I was trained on was sales presentation and product knowledge, and then released into the world to build client base. So it's a sink or swim mentality, and I think we're in a transitionary stage of being salespeople to really being that you know, fiduciary counsel, that attorney, or that CPA, where we're actually walking life with people. And I think most financial advisors still Although they want to do that in their heart, they're not trained to do that. And so for me, my journey was I realized what my core competency was, and I basically had to pivot my entire career to focus more on that rather than stay down the, the normal path. Yeah, you know, with the pending Department of Labor's enforceable fiduciary standard of care, you're definitely on track with that. And, uh, you know, we have a process here at Epstein Financial that we call the family CFO process. We like to say that every company has a chief financial officer. What we want to be is your family's CFO. And start with planning first. And you and I, I mean, I started 35 years ago. You're dead accurate about the industry is still caught in this cycle of suitability rather than, you know, it says fiduciary, but uh, the proper advice and helping people really plan the life they want to lead, the future they want to lead, and how to get from point A to point B. So it's exciting. Yeah, I, Go ahead. Yeah. I, I think a great way to explain it was for a number of years, I taught the retirement planning module for the CFP certificate program, mm -hmm. so a certified financial certificate program. So aspiring CFPs would come into the class, and when I would teach the module, the best practice planning process that is still taught for the CFP program is, number one, create a relationship. Number two, identify goals, retirement goals. Number three, look at the assets and the resources the person has available. Number four is project and identify the gap between what they have and what they're going to need, and then prescribe 
a savings and investing plan to achieve those goals. That that's the standard practice. And that's a good process. But the problem with that process, in my mind, is because we are not our grandparents or our parents, and we're going to live a lot longer, a lot more active and engaged life than any generation in the history of man, that that, that gap between what we have and what we need to save is huge. So the individual who wants to be prudent about the future is really presented with two pretty bad options. Either number one, sacrifice your life right now because you have to try to save and invest enough to build that war chest. And a lot of times that number is astronomical because of how the numbers work with longevity. Or sacrifice your goals later on because it's just not achievable. Well, well, no wonder people don't want to retire, you know, plan, plan for retirement when those are the two choices that people get. Then the problem is we're still addressing retirement as a simple math problem because that worked for the last generation, but it's much more multidimensional now that we're so much more healthier and active and living so much longer. I love the, the two options. Sacrifice your life for the life you want to lead, right? I've got to yeah, put aside so, so much money today, so I give up enjoyment today or sacrifice the goal that I have later on. So let, let's turn it on, on its head a little bit because this whole notion and the title of our podcast, Killing Retirement, is first and foremost killing this notion, which is what you're speaking about, that do I have to retire? Roger, do, exactly. I, do I have to really retire? What's so bad about being engaged in life? So this notion we have that work is a bad thing and someday I can't wait to stop doing what I hate doing where I spend most of my life's energy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to finally be able to retire and play golf. And you and I, before we turned on the podcast for our listeners, I was sharing with Roger that this notion of life expectancy, a baby born today could live to 120. That means if they retired under the old generations, the last generation, as Roger, you've been talking about notion of retirement at 65, what's that child going to do? Play golf for 55 years? Exactly. And really, baby boomers are, are, are facing that now because they're, re, quote unquote, retiring and they're like, hey, I'm educated. I still got something to do. I don't want to just play golf all the time. Exactly. And, you know, the greatest generation that, and the largest generation of baby boomers that are retiring, the thought process has to change as they get closer to that date. It may be, you know what? I no longer want to do what I'm currently doing, but I want to be engaged in something that I'm passionate about and do it on my terms, and that's not retirement. Right, so, and here's the really sad part that I found, and one reason why this is such a passion for me, is we all bought as financial planners and as consumers that that traditional way of planning was the way to do it. So as I was walking this journey as a financial planner, I found people were retiring 
and ending up starting a business, volunteering, doing side work, and making income that they didn't even expect to do. And looking back, and it's like, man, I sacrificed time with my children, time with my wife, time on my hobbies over the last 30 years for this. And they sort of feel like they missed out because they were killing themselves to get to this retirement date. And that's really sad because a lot of people, due to life circumstance, will pass early, have things happen in their life, and never get to retirement. And they've sacrificed the only life they have. And I think that's a really sad thing, and that's the danger of this tra more traditional kind of planning. I think there's a personal story here for you about your mother, isn't there? Oh, totally. And that's, you know, if you had to identify my why, is, you know, growing up, my, my mother was a single mother and raised my two sisters and I. And when, we were, when I was in college, she and I would have these, these heated discussions about, you know, what life is about. And she sacrificed so much of her life, obviously, with the the obligation to raise three children. But even as we were going into college, he worked so hard and always talked about retirement or that I'll enjoy myself then. I will kill myself today and I will enjoy myself then. And in her instance, when I was a senior in college and she was 48, she got cancer and died within a year. So she never got to tomorrow and in a lot of ways sacrificed the only life she had with for this promise that she could really be fulfilled later on. And I think a lot of us worry about that and it happens to a lot more people than you think. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, you know, you're you're really hitting on a a, a really important subject and that's the health factor. And all too often, I think, and I'm sure you see this when you're working with your clients and we are when we're working with our clients, is people don't take into account that they're not going to be possibly as healthy when they do reach that quote-unquote retirement milestone. And one of the exactly. things I spent a lot of time with our clients is saying, you know, you're never going to be healthier, more healthier, perhaps, than you are today. Now, I say perhaps because medical technology is accelerating at such a rapid rate that um, I, I was at a conference where Ray Kurzweil, who's the head of artificial intelligence, said in 10 to 15 years, we're going to be able to take the RNA from your skin cell, drop it into a 3D printing machine. And what would you like? A new heart, a new liver, a new lung? And I thought, wow. Maybe I could be. Maybe I will be healthier. Now that's a whole other problem. But in terms of activity, mental health, physical health, I'm sure. Tell me, how do you encourage your clients to break out of this retirement notion? Tell us how you do that. It's really by getting them to dream bigger about their life and think in more of a multi-dimensional plane. So. You know, the normal retirement process is simply a math equation, right? It's, you know, it's, you know, present value of money. Figure out when you're going to retire, how much you're going to need, make some assumptions on returns and inflation, and get to that war chest. What I talk with clients about is rather than think of retirement as a date, it's really more of a relationship. So it's not a one-night stand where you get to that date and it happens. It's really a glide path 
to a more independent and free way of living. So most of us, when we think about retirement, is we are running away from a day job that we hate or that is zapping our soul. Rather than, and we don't spend a lot of time of what exactly are we running to? And so when we get when we get away from the pain of the job, we're sort of lost. And so we spend a lot more time figuring out what are we running to, and then how do we develop a glide path to slowly gain more freedom and independence in our life so we just glide into a more independent lifestyle that, I don't know what you call it, you have a beautiful name for it, I haven't found one yet, of uh, it's not retirement and it's not working, it's sort of in between, we're engaged, but we're living more on our own terms. Right, doing the things we desire to do. So how, if I was to work with you as a client, would you help me figure out what I want to run to rather than run away from? Oh, totally. So, you know, your your CFO structure is basically how we operate. I mean, it's a very holistic, a whole holistic process. So first off, what we do is we identify you know, what it is they want in life on a short-term, mid-term, and long-term, and we don't define it as retirement. And then we go through a CFO-like process of identifying cash flow, current and expected, and where the opportunities are there, and then looking at the net worth statement and aligning that with what these shorter or longer-term goals are. And then rather than trying to figure out the rest of someone's life, what we do is we structure lots of little conversations around what are we trying to get to, how do we manage cash flow, and how do we manage our assets? Because in reality, what happens with people is, you know, I'm 49. Two years ago, I was a totally different person in terms of my priorities and my interests and some of my hobbies. Two years before that, I was a whole different person. So we we are, my wife has literally been married to probably 15 different men. They just happen to all be me. <laughs> you know, there's medication. There's medication for her for that. <laughs> well, I mean, I become someone new as I go through different phases of life. So trying to set some far off goal isn't really meaningful to most people. So what we do is we set what, we, what I like to call smart sprints, which is we look off into the future and figure out where someone wants to go, but then we, we zoom back down to actionable things and that are aligned with those long-term visions, realizing those visions are going to change. So we have smart sprints in three different areas. The first smart sprint is in the financial area, things that we can do that are within the next year that will move the ball forward. The second smart sprint is in the relational area, the relationships, and that could be relationships with your family, your wife, your spouse, your husband or your friends, because what I found is that is probably one of the best investments you can make. Because if we're going to be living a, a lot longer, what's going to happen is those relationships are going to be paramount to our happiness, not just with our spouse, but with people around us. And if we're going to live to 100, we're going to have a turnover of relationships as other people pass away or move on and move forth. So that's something that has to constantly be renewed. And then thirdly is investing in our health. And I'm, I'm like you, I, I'm excited about technology. I'm hoping that they, uh, they help me a lot. But the, the, when we're killing ourselves during our work lives, what happens is we neglect our health. And the dirty secret is if you are living an unhealthy life, 
you may live almost as long as if you were healthy. It's just going to suck a lot more. You're not going to be able to do as much. You're not going to be able to be engaged with your grandkids. So we try to focus on the financial, the relationship aspect of someone's life and the health aspects of someone's life. And I think that really captures you know, the three main areas that you need to really noodle on and work on to create that balance and that great life you want. Love that. That's fantastic. The financial area, the relationship area, and investing in your health. And and how do you track or keep people engaged in working on those areas? Especially well, that's a great question. Yeah, especially since relationship is their job, health is their job. So share share with us in our audience how do you do that? Well, that's one reason why we developed this idea of smart sprints is because, I mean, let's face it, most, most people, when it comes to their financial life or their estate plan, they don't want to think about that stuff. They just want to live their life. And then every now and then they realize that they have to make sure that they take care of longer-term stuff. So they go hire an estate planning attorney or hire a financial advisor so they can check the box in order to get back to their life. And... So the key is how do you keep them engaged so they don't just ignore this stuff? And so what we do, that's why we went to Smart Sprints because it allows them to make little steps of progress that they can see the results from that can help them stay engaged in the process. So in a relationship aspect, we talk about not just social networking in terms of your friends, but also your professional network. And how do you manage and build your professional network? Because if you're going to be engaged a lot longer in a profession, you're going to want to make sure that your network is fresh and vibrant because that's where a lot of opportunities will come from. So we try to have short sprints so we can manage those and give them little short bogeys that they can have wins on keep them engaged in this whole life process. And and is there a technology or a tool or tracking process that you're using? Well, that's been the hardest part. I mean, because normal financial planning structures don't do this. So what I use is a project management software. So I use a project management software that uses more like a scrum approach. Where we always have action items that we have, things that are in progress, and things that were done so clients can see as they move things from action items to doing to done. And so I've been experimenting with a project management software that's online so people can see that progress. But it's, it's a little difficult because it really hasn't been built yet that I've found. Yeah, I, I love this. So I have to ask you this question, which is what is the reaction to people that come to you? I'm sure people refer to you or you or uh, someone hears you on your podcast or something like that. But, uh, you know, in the normal course of affairs, people have a certain expectation about, oh, a financial advisor, you know, what's what's this going to cost? You know, what, what do I get out of it? And then suddenly you start talking about smart sprints. Tell me what oh, the, it freaks what them the, out. What the, what, it freaks them out. Tell me what the reaction has been and, and <laughs> how, you've, uh, how you've made it work. Because you're killing well, you're killing this notion of retirement. You're you're dispelling the myths of what a financial advisor is. I love it. 
Well, that, that is true. It does sort of freak them out because most people, when they seek out a financial advisor or planner, they think they have an investment issue, right? I got this rollover or I have this these extra money and I don't know what to do with it. Oh, Roger, the market's to... down right now. Please save me. What do I do? It's all about the money, yeah. right? Right. Because one, they were trained that way by billions of dollars of advertising by financial services, that it's an investment issue. So I have been blessed that uh, all my clients come from unsolicited referrals from current clients. So that has been, uh, so I don't really try to convince people of a different way. And that's one reason why I started my podcast, Charlie, and I'm sure it's going to work that way for you is I speak about this stuff every week on my podcast and there'll be a natural selection of people that resonate with that message will get to know me and get to know the process before we even talk, um, which gives, which really empowers the individual to find someone that matches them, but also uh, uh, empowers the advisor to not have to, recon, you know, you know, try to convince people of something. But it is difficult in terms of when they come with a financial solution. I'm, I tend to be a purist in that I, I want to give them what they need, not what they want. And uh, I'm probably from a business perspective, that's been a detriment, but I, I'm not worried about that. Well, it, it's great because you're staying true to yourself and it's that, and it's the evolution that you've gone through as this industry switches. So how do people connect with you? How, how do our listeners find you? Well, I have a weekly podcast called the retirement answer man where I answer questions and I noodle on all of the things that we're talking about and all the things I'm working on with clients and listener questions and it's very collaborative most of the content is driven by the listeners and my clients so that's the easiest way and then rogerwhitney.com I blog there and that's my hub of all this stuff that I'm working on and as I'll tell our listeners it's a great site it's just exquisitely laid out it's very um, intuitive I love the way you've got the clipboards and everything laid out there. Um, let's go out into the future, you and I, and let's, it was uh, three to five years out. Where, where do you see this conversation going how, based on your experience now and having been at this for 20, 25 years? What do you think the one or two biggest changes will occur, not only in our industry, but for people that you're talking I think in our industry, the biggest change is going to be uh, is that, for lack of a better phrase, our industry is going to continue to move towards becoming really adding value. Because bluntly, in my opinion, the vast majority of investment professionals and advisors, although they have the heart to want to add value, they've never been equipped to be able to, never trained to add value where they can. So I think from an advisor perspective, you're either going to become an artist and really speak into people's lives or you're going to be disintermediated. If, I think there are many advisors that really aren't dancing hard enough for their dinner and things like the robo-advisors and, and empowerment of investors are going to make you, you better be you know, establishing your value or you are going to be gone. I think that trend is going to continue. And the artists, the ones that really are speaking into people's lives, it's going to be a beautiful thing for them and it's going to be a beautiful thing for clients that want that. 
So from an industry perspective, that's how I see it. You know, it makes from me. A, it makes me appreciate my liberal arts degree at Colgate. <laughs> <laughs> makes me appreciate that my mother was an opera singer and her father, my grandfather, was concertmaster, ready to see a music hall. Then my other side of the family, my father was an executive and his father was an accountant. So I love yeah, the and artist as an advisor. As an advisor, it's a, it's a scary thing, but it's a beautiful opportunity to feel to really speak into people's lives and, you know, from a business perspective, do extremely well. So, you know, I think it's more of an opportunity. I think from an investor perspective, I think people get that. People get that it's not simply about investing. Investing is not the one-dimensional solution. That ship has sailed and because all those pie charts or mountain charts that they've seen for the last 20, 30 years have not worked out, and it just leaves them empty. So I think that's a good thing for investors, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, for our listeners, I, I think the opportunity for you is to stand back and really assess what do you want your life to be about? What, how do you want to design it? And all too often people are at the effect of the choices they've made rather than feeling like they're in control of those choices. And yes, I, I yeah. think the beauty of what you do Roger, is you're asking people to take control of their choices and articulate the future they want, that bigger future. Yeah, and I think where we're at now, because it's all about investing, is we've abdicated our power to being dependent on the markets. When really each of us has the ability to create a life that we probably don't want to retire from if we do it right. And therein, folks, lies the rub. Imagine designing a life and work is something you love and you're passionate about. You know, the, the artists of the world, the people that play sports of the world, you know, those people that have specific talents, actors, artists, sports figures, musicians, they've discovered their passion and they live and breathe it every day. And so the real notion here about killing retirement is how do you as a human being connect to your passion and not be afraid to pursue it? And I'm just so thrilled there's people like you out there, Roger, that are really focused on providing, I love the name, the Retirement Answer Man. It's finding people the answers that they need. And and I love the fact that uh, you know, you're able to share with your listeners and our listeners here today that your process has evolved over time and continues to evolve. And that is so rare and so wonderful. So uh, I really thank you for uh, connecting with me and coming on board here. And uh, again, folks, if you want to learn more about Roger, the work that he's doing as the Retirement Answer Man, you want to go to rogerwhitney.com. And uh, I would really encourage you to do that because you are in the presence of a unique individual who said to this industry, you know what, the approach the industry has doesn't work. There's got to be something better need to kill this notion of retirement. And I'm glad there's a Roger Whitney out there where you are down in Texas doing just that. So it's been a great Thank conversation. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing this. Any last words you wanna leave with our listeners? 
No, hopefully we got this uh, episode one off to a great start and a great show. Great start. Uh, And folks, remember to go to our webpage. That's www.charlieepsteinepstein.com. Click on the RSS feed to get our Killing Retirement podcast delivered to you each month. And of course, you can always reach out to me for answers about Killing Retirement. I'm Charlie Epstein, and I'm here to help you create the life of your dreams, the desirement of your dreams, paycheck for life to do that. And again, don't forget to visit Roger at rogerwhitney.com. Thanks, everybody. Really appreciate it.